So what's up, long players? Welcome to the long play listening party, a show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records. Royce the Wizard Diamond, what's going on tonight? Just here to have a good time. As always, Nate Holt, what's up? I'm Ruth Royce, what's up? <laughs> Guest host and returning friend Megan Luttrell, how's it going? Good, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and we are pleased to welcome uh, the creepy jingles, Andrew, Jocelyn, Woo! and Robertson. What's going on? Hey, everybody. How are you guys? Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Uh, We are going to be listening to the Jingles new record, Take Me Out My Wordplay, out today on High Dive Records. Uh, Very excited to listen to this. Um, Where should we start? Where does the story of uh, Take Me Out My Wordplay begin? Uh, Probably about... uh, 2011 um, was I was going through a lot of different changes in my life and um, I had split up with uh, my ex-partner and we got divorced and I was moved I moved into a a, a new uh, apartment and I was just kind of in this new mental state space on how do I navigate life? And I wrote the song Trojan Horse Girl during that uh, time. It was like maybe a, a week into the apartment. And then I came up with the creepy jingles probably like a couple days later. So that didn't even materialize though until probably about 2017 where I um, I was living with Andrew. Uh, we were roommates. Andrew's been a good friend for a long time. And Nick was friends with Andrew. And um, they were playing golf. He brought him over one day. And I was at the house during lunch. And we just hit it off. We started talking music. And he's like, yeah, I'm a drummer. And I was like, I'm a songwriter. And then uh, we started playing. And we jammed. And it was really fun. And Nick's really uh, creative. He thinks like a songwriter on the drums and he has really good taste in uh, music. So it was uh, a match made in heaven there. And uh, eventually Andrew came back on board about, he's been with us for about a year and a half, but he joined the band later. Um, And Travis McKenzie is on guitar, but it really started in that basement of the house that Andrew and I were living in when we actually came together, but the idea started in 2011 and from 2017, we started playing together and 2018, we started playing shows. Uh, and then I think in December of 2018, we were signed to high dive records. And then we put out an EP, uh, which was self-titled creepy jingles, uh, in May of 2019. And then we were ready to make another record and we had planned on doing it. And we started the process decided it didn't sound right so we shelved it and uh then we got together and we ended up re-recording it we end up uh taking the whole studio uh our our dear dear friend and talented uh engineer uh and he he's a he mixed and mastered our record zach hames he was gracious enough to bring his whole studio down we rented it at airbnb 
uh, lake house cabin in the Ozarks in November. Nice. Wow. And we were kind of quarantined nice. together and we made a record and, um, it, we just moved in like it was our place and we brought all the studio equipment and, um, it, we, we knocked it out and then, you know, we, we did some overdubs back at home, but really, yeah, it, it started all the way back in 2011 during that time when I wrote Trojan Horse Girl and then came up with the name, The Creepy Jingles, but it didn't, nothing really materialized in 2017. And all this has been leading to now. And uh, it's been a long time. We've been very patient, just waiting to get this record out. We we're actually delayed about eight to 10 months, I think, for our vinyls to come in sure. and we held yeah. off to release yeah. that. So we had the COVID thing that we wanted to wait on to see how it went. Yeah. We restarted the record and then we had to wait like eight to 10 months for the vinyl. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, it gave us more time to really make, uh, do some extra things that we would have rushed to do or we wouldn't have done well enough. So we were able to make, uh, four pretty cool videos, I think to accompany the single. And, uh, I'm uh, glad it's here. It's release day. So I'm excited. We're playing the night at the Rhino, but. Yeah, that's nice. that story of Take Me at My Wordplay and how we came together. Awesome. And nice. I want to apologize, Nick. I think I introduced you by your last name. I was having some trouble hearing uh, in the pre-show, so I apologize for that. Uh, that's better than what we call him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megan, I want to bring you in. Uh, where does your uh, connection with the jingle start? Um, well, I run a women's songwriter showcase at Caw Valley Public House in Lawrence, and I was looking for new participants. And I, I don't actually remember how I got connected with Jocelyn, but somehow, did you reach out to me? Did I reach out? Did I reach out to you? I don't remember. You reached out to me on Facebook, and we were going to okay. do it. And then I couldn't do it for some reason. I did like cancel. So we rescheduled it like a couple months later. And yeah. Then it was some summer night, uh, some magical summer night that we met, and uh, the rest is history, right, Megan? Exactly. And that was that was one of the the ones during COVID when normally we play in the round, um, four of us on stage at once, but we didn't end up. We were doing individual sets to to make sure that we had social distancing. So it was a it wasn't. I don't think you've ex you haven't experienced the round yet, but. Jocelyn will be back for another one um, in May on May fifth, so she'll she'll be able to experience the the in the round. But yeah, we we met at that, and I think you've done two of them now, right? And then May fifth will be your third, um, and just became like immediate fast friend banter buddies. Been wonderful. <laughs> nice. Hang, she's pretty cool. I do all right. Should we get into the record, Nate? I mean, do you want to do you yeah. want to play us something? That's, that's, I want, yeah, for sure. Uh, to give the people what they want here. Uh, yeah.
Maybe how it started, like the genesis of that song. Is it was it like a riff, or was it were the lyrics, or or because it? I mean, it has some 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 cool syncopation, like towards the beginning, some some timing stuff, um, which is really cool. So yeah. Oh, I I wrote it like my. Uh, I just found out like David Bowie had died. Okay. And- and I like it just that was like the first celebrity death. Like normally celebrity deaths don't bother me. But when David Bowie died, that was hard. Um, and that was like the, it surprised me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a Bowie fan, but like uh, something about it, like really like gutted me. And I, my cat was in the middle of like uh, kidney failure and he was dying mm. And so I have this cat and it's his eye. He just was skinny. He didn't look like himself. And I'm watching him dying in front of my eyes. Just found out that David Bowie died uh, thinking about like a a breakup and like pondering like transition for me. And um, I wrote this, uh, I wrote this song and uh, it just sort of like I wanted something Bowie-esque, so it sort of has, uh, in my opinion, it has like sort of a, a sexy sort of like swagger to it. It's sort of swagger yeah. rock and roll and just like the hammer on uh, down. And it was just very sort of finding space within like hammering down on those downbeats. And, uh, you know, and the chorus was me uh, doing what I thought david bowie might think was cool and uh <laughs> sort of like uh, uh 50s 60s rock and roll and i sing it in kind of a faux british accent um yeah it, not to try to sound like david bowie but just to sort of like uh, i don't I made a joke yeah like i made a joke with a friend once i think it'd be funny to do like a secret project where you act like you're english because i think english people are super cool because <laughs> A lot of my like my heroes are English, um, and you know, talk like this, and honestly, this sounds me up in knots. So like doing that kind of stuff, and it was just sort of silly, and um, uh, 
like I scream my bad in it because I don't know, there's just such a stupid phrase to me. I think it's funny. And uh, uh, the court, the, the bridge part is sort of like this beach boys esque sort of thing where, you know, I'm pondering like all these things that we as human beings are so tied to and invested in. Uh, and we start to realize that we can sort of redefine ourselves um, that we're not a product of um, our mistakes um, and our experiences can shape our future, uh, not necessarily like stifle them. So it was really that the metamorphosis of uh, me coming out as a trans woman and it was spurred by uh, trying to make a song David Bowie would hopefully like. I see. That's rad. And you know, another another kind of Bowie thing is the uh, the mixing of the vocal registers. I can totally hear. Like, it didn't occur to me hearing the song for the first time, but now that you mention it, it's like, oh yeah, that's totally a Bowie thing. Yeah, singing, like, uh, sometimes I'll flip into a chorus into, like, a, a head voice or a falsetto or whatever, and then try to... I want I want to see that melody, you know, like on paper. I want to see where I, I start and where how low I go. And it's always a challenge to write interesting melodies that I think challenge good singers to be able to stretch their range and give something interesting. And, you know, um, hopefully it's interesting enough. Somebody wants to cover it someday. But uh I just want to do things that are interesting as far as melodically and uh, sort of comes out that way. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, you want to give us a Trojan horse? Trojan yeah, horse for show? sure. I'm going to start this song, but since it's going to be loud, I just have one more uh, comment on that last <laughs> one. When you're talking about the English accents, like, like I love that um, Beatles documentary, but my, like, I really enjoyed listening to them talk, like through the whole thing. It's just like very enjoyable for me to hear them talk in that way. And then, you know, one of your lyrics, like the last, the last line, come together and change the weather. That like, come together is a Beatles lyric. So I'm just yeah. kind of being like, yeah. whoa, yeah. Christ. So yeah, there's, def <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely little Easter eggs and nods to things that I love, like in the record. Yeah. And you know, I mentioned the Beatles or I'm writing a song for David Bowie without necessarily talking about David Bowie or right. I mentioned like pro wrestling insider terms because I'm a pro wrestling nerd, but uh, I love it. Yeah. And um, so I throw that stuff in, I throw comic books in and then I throw like literary work stuff that I'm interested in and then just throw it in a big pot and then sort of see what happens. So. Cool. Well, uh, with that in mind, we're gonna. <laughs> with that in mind, we're gonna hear uh, Trojan Horse Girl. Um, so, if we can ask you questions over it, we will try. If not, we will uh, see you on the other side.
Sure, Megan. Yeah, my my question was about the the music video for this. It's very interesting, and I wanted to know kind of the the story behind that. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Yeah, the video was kind of uh, just. The video was kind of just uh, us. I, I, I hired uh, Johnny Ulysane, uh is a very, very talented director. And he asked me, like, what do you want to do? And uh, I said, I want to do some, I want to do the weirdest thing you've ever done before. I want to make a little movie. And he's like, well, do you want to be in it? And at first I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. But it sounded more fun to sort of like sit back and like create a world. Um, for the first single, like not make it about us. Uh, have a little story happening and it's really kind of like about idolatry and like how if you something that can also be so innocent can become like something that like controls you and um as soon as you're giving it power you're giving it power and it has control over you so i think it's just sort of about that and i referencing to Johnny and we were talking about like things like I was talking about um, homunculuses like talking about alchemy and how like these scientists would supposedly they can build like this little single cell creature that ends up uh, growing into something and like a deformed creature and I always thought that was interesting I was like so it started talking about that and then we talked like wouldn't it be great if it was just like this little weird character? So if you guys remember, um, I'm 40, so I remember as a kid, there's a show on Fox called Get a Life with Chris Elliott. I don't know if any mm-hmm. of you guys know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Leash reference. It's a hilarious show. No, no, no. But in the show, I, there's an episode with I know Spewey. It. Spewey the alien inspired making that type of a making a creature uh creature film oh, okay and uh and then you know you got the family as the backdrop which is which is obviously the grounding and the normalcy and then yeah um you know it's it, it's american beauty on acid basically <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. It's, it's done really really well it looks really really good and it's interesting every moment that the video is on so I had a good time watching it. And, you know, that's a credit to working with the brilliant director. And I was able to just, uh, sit back and watch what he was doing and getting to help him with, like, I got to flick the gravy for the shots and, you know, like, people helping with lighting <laughs> and, and, like, how we decorated and helping. It was really fun. And uh, it was a really fun experience. And now I've sort of got the bug to uh, want to make more movies and uh, work with Johnny again on other projects. So. So did you did you have that pillowcase printed or was that something you guys already had? Video, the Jellybugs characters were, I mean, just sort of like Johnny came up with the name. He was like, I want, well, let's call it something like it's like it needs to be a cutesy cartoon name. I was like, we we're going to do a theme song. And at first I wanted to write it because I like doing that sort of stuff. And I was like thinking and he wanted to do it too because he's a songwriter and i was like you know what i trust you you're you're doing this it would be fun for you to do something at the top of it so he wrote the jellybugs theme with uh his partner uh i believe jenny sue is her name um forgive me if i'm wrong um 
but they came up with the Jellybugs characters and that ended up becoming this cartoon character and I told Johnny, I was like, the only thing I want is the theme song has to rival Muppet Babies. The Muppet Babies theme song. <laughs> <laughs> now that's and something I remember, yeah. yeah. Um, it's not my favorite theme. I think my favorite TV theme is uh, Golden Girls. Thank you for being a mm-hmm. friend. That bridge is killer. Uh, but, uh, Muppet Babies is right up there. And uh, <laughs> I think Johnny nailed it. So I went in and I, you know, I sang with uh, him and uh, her and I plugged vinyls and jelly bugs, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, we we sang it and uh, it ended up being in the front of the video. And it was really fun to have this sort of character that's merchandised out to hell, like a like a, 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 a Mickey Mouse or a um, yeah. Any any sort of popular, I guess, intellectual property that's just hammered into the ground, and they make their cups and their posters. And I love the idea of this little girl being obsessed with this one because that was the kid I was. You know, I, I had to have everything, and um, I liked that. You know, the pillow design was really cool. But he's he, they came up with it, and they ordered it, and it came in, and. Everybody keeps asking us for jelly bug plushies, but, <laughs> but Johnny and I have to work out a license. Video, I think so. I was gonna say, get it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People want. Um, well, hey, let's uh, let's hear nicotine mom. How's that? Yeah, let's do it. definitely hear like some beach boy influence like it's fun it's not like uh obvious but like if you want to hear it it's there i just think it's super cool i want to go uh i mean everything sounds fantastic but the drums sound Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the drum performance and engineering and all that stuff? I'm actually using a, a pretty strange kit. It's a there's a company called Jenkins Martin, and they revived the Blaymire uh, drum brand. Are you familiar with uh, mm-hmm. the Wrecking Crew? That uh, they're these right. spun fiberglass okay. shells, um, and they they had something made out of rock. Like it was a basalt thread instead of fiberglass. And so okay. we had that kit made. And so they're really punchy toms. Like they don't have a lot of spread, but they have a ton of punch. And it's actually a 12 inch and then my floor tom is a 15. 
Um, wow. And again, the kit, and the kick is short. It's actually a 12 by 22. So everything about that kit is pure punch. And I'm also playing a Jenkins Martin fiberglass snare. But yeah, I, I don't know what Zach. Zach is. Uh, uh, he's an amazing engineer, and you know he knows how to get that that sort of 90s punch sound, and that's kind of what we wanted for it. So. No, it sounds. I mean, it sounds fantastic, but it also it does sound a little unique. And so, like hearing about the kit, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, but but this is all recorded like in one go. Like you you, you sat down, like you said, rented that Airbnb and recorded. You were all playing. The yeah, takes that yeah. you're hearing are us playing live in a room together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we yeah. probably took that song. Four, four or five times and uh, the best one yeah and, and then, the second or third one was probably the best one but you know it just works out that way sometimes yeah. right <laughs> but yeah uh, Nick really sets the tone for the song and it's uh, it's it's this lovely rolling drum part that's just really fun to is, yeah it really is yeah for sure um, started, I started the song and it was a very sort of I wrote it on like a Spanish guitar and I was just like Oh, waste your day with, and it was very sort of soft. And Nick was uh, doing this drum thing, and then it was like, okay, we went from like doing more of a bongos thing to him doing that on the drums, and it just yeah. And the in the choruses, sort of you, Motowny too. On the choruses, yeah. when I when I skip the snare and hit the toms, the whole yeah. like that whole idea is like you know a part that you would want to drum along to, you know. Like yes, it, exactly. It was a really, really catchy chorus drum part. <laughs> yeah, and it changes. No. The choruses are different. On one time, I'm crash riding. The first time, I'm I'm going toms and snare into a flam. But anyway, yeah. No, no, that's, that's I think that's what makes it really cool to listen to. Um, as someone who doesn't play drums, but <laughs> yeah, you know the the uh, the plushies may be in development. You can buy your official Creepy Jingles air drums at High Dive Records Bandcamp.com. The air drums come free with every purchase of the album. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. And it's like an extra Creepy Jingles air drums. It's not even. It's, yeah, it's not even a pre-order thing. So you, you, I mean, you know, you should pre-order it. But if you don't, then buy it on Friday. You Absolutely. still get the air drums, right? DLC. Uh, so I want to hear. 60 bucks. So how about Working Class Clown? Let's listen to that. I've seen a lost weight And I ate all the food on your plate A road rise made sound While I counted the jewels in your crown
Yeah, that was super fun. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) So, so Megan, did you have a question? Another question? No way. No way to not. I was was Uh, thinking how so far it's, it's interesting. I don't hear a lot of harmonies on the record so far. Is that... You know, I'm when I when I record, I, I love adding harmonies, and obviously I, I've only heard the first three because it's not out yet. But is is that like a specific choice, um, or just your style? I harmonies. Um, there are harmonies in that uh, and nicotine mom, and uh, you got some more auxiliary sort of harmony things in that the ahs and the oohs that that you're not really hearing probably but as far as the record itself it andrew's not singing harmonies with me throughout the songs and it was just a capturing how the band was um since he's not singing harmonies with me typically there's not harmonies in in those places and we did it and we did it really sparingly uh, because I feel like too, it's like uh, we it just it, it's more special if it, you know if you hold that back and you do it occasionally. I think it lifts those sections, and I it doesn't sort of, sound like anything's missing. That's not you know not what I meant, but it you know a lot of times you hear I don't know I feel like when people record it's it's almost too much you know yeah. when they do it when they're like oh I can record myself a bunch of times. You know, but I like that you that you kept it the way it sounds when you guys play live. Thanks. You're not going to like our next record. It's basically a <laughs> Gene Heath song. So. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to ask about the just the the recording of the vocals. Did I mean were you treating it treating the vocals the same way um, on every song or or? Were, were you doing something different each time? Because I, I, I just think they sound interesting to me. I mean, there's, I mean, obviously it's your voice, but it feels like mm-hmm. there's there's something added or there's some sort of um, there's some like, sort of effect there. Um, as far as like the performances or how I sing it, like you know, yeah. Trojan is saying in a very lower register and a very sort of growly tone. And I get really loud and screamy and there's places on the record, you know, that's that are in my falsetto range and I'm singing my highest note. So that's just me approaching every single song as what, what, what is the, what is the, yeah. What is the protagonist? Like uh, who's singing here, you know? And I think depending on the song, I approach it a different way on how to sing it. Like I was sort of, I guess, influenced in the way I read that Paul McCartney sort of sang differently on like the white album. Like Paul Mm -hmm. was like, you know, he'd do something like Martha, my dear, and then do something like Helter Skelter Mm -hmm. or mother nature, son and he always had an interesting take to the vocal because he approached it more of like an actor. So when I get in the booth, I just sort of like try to find, I want to sing every song different, all of our videos. I want it to be different and stand apart from them, uh, from each other. And it's just about building like each little planet, you know, and then 
the record is the the solar system. So it's just making sure that that has its own color and its own identity, but also works well with the next thing and is plays off of it interestingly. So it's just trying to show as many sides and angles and perspectives of uh, my personality and the music that I enjoy and I like to write. Yeah. And that's, that's coming through in the arrangements too. Like there's always something different coming in, leaving sections are just like flying by. And, you know, we haven't had the chance to listen to this record a bunch of times yet. Cause it's, it's only out today listeners as you're hearing it but uh i'm excited to really absorb this over time and and learn all those changes because there's so much going on we can't hardly even scratch the surface you know on a first listen right uh so and and all the titles are fantastic this next one's called fall of the cabal game so i i let's listen to that Getting heavy. Yeah. Uh, I've got a question. I've got a question for Andrew. Since, since you were present, you know, from kind of the, the very beginning, you know, what's it like to, to put a band together that covers such a wide swath of sonic territory? And what is it, you know, what does it feel like to be able to go to all those different places musically? Well, um, I knew what I was getting myself into. I've known Joss for a while. I've known how she writes songs. Um, I knew that getting involved in this band, I was biting off a, a big chunk. Uh, Joss's songwriting has always been all over the place, across the board, in a good way. Um, and so um, I was jumping in. So there was, uh, was a two bass player three bass players in the band before um, I joined in. So bass players are kind of recycling or cycling through the band. And um, I got into a place in my life where I had the time to, to invest in music again, which was something that really, uh, you know, changed the course of how I was feeling and what I was doing at the time. But I had a lot to catch up on. They already had the six song EP finished and pretty much the whole album written 
Um, but I had, uh, you know, I had to put a bass line uh, across the album. So uh, I just, it's something I like to do. Um, I like projects. I like to just throw myself, you know, into something and just really get stuck in. And, uh, and I did, I just invested a lot of time and a lot of listening and studied, um, studied kind of the way the bass players that have been a part of the band had written to the songs and, and took what I liked from those players and then, um, put in, put my own, um, style to it. And, uh, and yeah, and just came up with something really nice. Yes, sure. Uh, before we listen, go ahead. Those bass lines on the record are very interesting, and it's nice to have like our bass player. Like we knew with like Andrew, like his his like is a uh, his just work ethic is uh, second to none. Um, if he wants something, he like goes out and gets it and gets really good and. He didn't really play bass before. I mean, he kind of like messed around, but like he became an amazing bass player through like the process of making this record and he wrote amazing lines and he added a lot and it like, it really holds us on stage together. Uh, so like he brings a lot to the group. So we're thankful to have him. For sure. And it's nice that the, the mix and the master give the bass plenty of space too. So you can really enjoy it. Thanks, Jossie. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> uh, before we listen to Break Breaking the Fourth Walmart, which is another great name, they're all great names. Um, I wanted to ask: so, you guys recently opened for Frog Pond, is that right? Correct. Okay. So I was reading something, and I, I don't know what the the set list for the show was, but like listening to the first whatever three songs or four songs. And then, then you broke out the piano. Um, the review it was something like the first three songs weren't great, but then the piano came out that they, you know, sounded, you know, a lot better. And that's just, you know, constructive criticism. Ha ha, wink, wink. But like to me, I don't know what you would have played first, but like all the first, the first three songs were like kick ass. Like, like the choruses hit where they, they should have hit, and they were right on. So I'm just like. I guess my, my question isn't so much like the reviewer, which I thought I wasn't there. I wish I could have been there, but I wasn't. Maybe he was right, but I don't think he was or they were. Uh, um, when do you like you? Uh, obviously, you add piano and keyboards to your songs. Like when do you decide to do that? Or do you write uh, certain songs for piano or do you just kind of add that? And uh either play on piano or I'll start on guitar. Sometimes it's me just like singing into my phone, doing uh, mm. just a melody into my phone. And then I'll turn around and knock out the lyrics or a lot of times it's just me accompanying myself and messing around on piano or messing around on guitar until like something squeaks out of me. Um, you know, and I've processed enough and taken in enough, you know, stimulus and, processed it and really percolated on all those experiences at some point they end up coming out so uh yeah it just depends on where uh, what i'm at when i'm sitting down like i don't know if you guys have experienced this but like 
even like if I if Megan were to loan me her guitar and I played on Megan's guitar for a while, like there's songs I think that you can find on different instruments. Um, mm -hmm. And um, it just depends on my whimsy, whatever, whatever I'm feeling is uh, <laughs> usually, usually how I write songs. And I never try to like plan yeah. too many things out. It sort of happens organically and then I can kind of shape it as I go. Right on. Well, of course, you know, obviously we have not heard the entire record. We're listening to it right now uh, because it just came out. But uh, from what we've heard so far, I, I I don't know that there there's any reason why the piano would lend itself to, oh, these the songs, you know, they're they're better band when they have the keyboards or not. And, I, and that's probably I not what I, 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 I don't agree saying. with that. I don't agree yeah. with that statement either. Um I don't I think that's what he was. I don't think that's what exactly that. That's what the point that they were trying to make. But uh -huh. I just don't. I mean, from what we've heard of the record so far, like I don't know why one part of the show would be weaker than another part when I think so far they've all been like really strong. Yeah, yeah. Let's chalk that up to a quirk of the. I don't know what review you're talking about, but let's chalk it up to some quirk <laughs> of the reviewer and. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, no hate. I, I just felt like I needed to um, shoot that down. So let's listen to breaking the. Yeah, Walmart. you didn't tell us you were going like all like meta rock critic, Nate. You didn't, <laughs> didn't give us a heads up. Oh, the critics critic. I like. <laughs> i 
I don't know what part of the solar system that is, but I love it. I can't wait to get back there. <laughs> Travis uses a, he uses a pedal called a rainbow machine, and yeah. I don't know what it does. Okay. It's super psyched. It sounds like it should yeah. do something like that. <laughs> That lives up to his name for sure. Um, yeah, we knew we wanted an intro, and then Travis had this rainbow machine pedal, and we're just like, no, keep twisting it, make it weirder, keep doing this. And we're just <laughs> egging him on, like, no, that's not even crazy enough. Do something crazy. Like, just really trying to get, to to, like, get pissed off, and like, he came up with that. So it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that song, so. I've had an opportunity that I don't get very often, which is to kind of follow the lyrics because I tend to um, respond more to like the sonics of the song. And then I will hear the lyrics and like, sometimes that'll shock me that the song is the way it is. And the lyrics are these, but um, I'm not saying about this song, but I kind of want to ask what the song is about. Because uh, the lyrics are very interesting, and um, yeah, I, I kind of want to see if that would be something you would want to get into. Yeah, um, the song was written. My my friend called me one morning, and he's like, "I know that um, you're the first one I thought of who I should call. I had the craziest dream." And I think you should hear this because, you know, it's like weird shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, please. So, like, you know, I woke up to like a little like Christmas present because I love that sort of stuff. And he was so possessed by the experience of the dream that I into I was like building this world that he was seeing in my head. uh, Based on the way he was talking about it and uh, it sort of became this um i was reading grant morrison's the invisibles at the time uh which is one of my favorite works uh of art in general but it's a graphic novel that was written over seven years and it's brilliant but there's all these crazy like uh, occult themes and there's like stuff about religion and gender and sexuality and money and good and evil and two sides of the same coin and about the duality of like, you know, third dimensional consciousness and then sort of like evolving past that um, into manifestation of thought. But I got into this weird sort of uh, uh, patchwork of taking this dream that my friend had relayed to me and the stuff that I uh, was reading from Grant Morrison and uh, revelations and the Bible, uh, was always a book that scared me as a kid. Cause I had to go to church before yeah, I stopped right? going to church. But like, that was the one that fascinated me because it was like tonally so different from the rest of the Bible. In my opinion, it's like, just like at the end, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like All of a sudden there's like these monsters and uh, beasts coming right. from the sea and you're like, what there and then there's trumpets and so that sort of stuff like works that sort of imagery works its way into that and then i started finding through auto writing that this was about memes and how memes now are kind of what the bible was then 
Um, and it's like these, these things that we pass to each other and it's like, or this, uh, folklore or mythology, it's like a culture taking a story and then passing along. I was like, well, that's the same as memes. And it's, uh, there's a line about, uh, now and then, and it, it does sort of have that sort of, it, they're just Pokemon. You know, scriptures or Pokemon, you know, yeah, catch up. Collect them, collect them all. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Collect them all. And that that's, I love memes. And it was just sort of this weird sort of patchwork of uh, that world uh, mixed with uh, my friend's dream and Great Morrison's The Invisibles. Cool. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I understand. I went to Catholic school for 12 years and, uh, and I don't, I'm not a, christian anymore but uh yeah so anyway jesus <laughs> we'll keep that uh <laughs> and and to... <laughs> we'll i have that. a question about titles um do you i mean do the titles come first do they do you just have like this arsenal of of clever song titles that sometimes you write the song around or is it the opposite way where the song comes first and then the title comes or is it a mix of both? Cause you're, I, I just love them. So I'm just wondering how that works for you. The, thank you. The titles are usually after I have like a, a running log of probably about 130 titles I haven't used. Um, just because th th this is Megan, you know, this is just how I talk in real yes, life. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, um, it's just I'll say things and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then I'll write it down and then it goes in the list. And then I kind of find the titles that I think it makes sense. Um, emotionally, they don't necessarily on, on like um, on a uh, lyrical level, they aren't necessarily the same or the same idea. But tonally, maybe the music and the title, I think, work really nicely together. And I think titles are arbitrary. And I know it's kind of hard for you to like, oh, well, it's like, I don't know. Andrew, the band all the time is like, what's that song called? Because you <laughs> name all your songs is some fucking joke. And I don't know what it is. So what's and then they just like read like a line from the chorus. I'm like, yeah, that one. So a lot of times up until the point that we're recording, the guys won't know what song I'm talking about when I call it out. So um it's been fun and interesting, but it's just, to me, it's, it's an arbitrary thing. And, uh, the titles are just another way to sort of put more of myself into the music and that that's just who I am. And I yeah. have fun with it. And, uh, that's why the take me at my wordplay was kind of a, a self referential meta joke about me continuing to beat a dead horse with these titles and Nick keeps going, are you going to keep doing this? Like maybe we should cut it off. I'm like, no, it's great. I hate naming songs. And I feel like I just pick, yeah, exactly. pick words from the song. I'm like, well, that was boring, you know, but I, yeah. you know, it's so much better this way. I totally. think. Totally. And then it makes it's people wonder too, like, why is this song called this? You know, it makes people think and then it forces opinion. them to really listen to the lyrics, too, because they're like, where is it? Where is it? Where's the truth? And it's not in and there. I think it and I think it really I mean, as far as having this like physical like album with like a cool like art and then the titles are 
super cool. I think the titles are super cool like that. Just I, I think that just makes it like that much better in my mind. Anyway, I, I so I, I agree with you, Megan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing like confusing your drummer with this with the song titles. It's yeah. always a good yeah. move, and, and that's a and that's a bonus. <laughs> I don't think I've ever called Gaslight My Fire by that name. <laughs> it's always, what about it's, what about Enochian him and her which is an awesome title that's, that's up next should we listen to it first that'll be up next week so, oh uh, that's right yeah so we have listeners to that's right you uh we're gonna keep hanging out with creepy jingles and megan latrell we're gonna give you a break so you can go to highdiverecords.bandcamp.com you can pick up your digital right now you can pre-order your vinyl, however you like to do it. That uh, pre-order, we'll it's an order. We'll... What's they that? Send it out. They send it out right away. You order the vinyl, you get it. Like you get it. Week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It still says. I think it still says. Okay. My that's my mistake. It says pre-order on Bandcamp now. It's Tuesday for me right now. When you hear this, it's Friday. It'll be out. They'll now send I'm it confused. To you. It'll all be... for me too. <laughs> It'll all be wonderful. It's Friday for me uh, every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but we'll keep hanging out with uh, Joss and Nick and Andrew and Megan, and we will catch you next week. This has been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. Take care. Bye.